Howdy, y'all. Welcome back to the Daily Dose of Denton podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Denton. Uh, special episode one. Is what this, oh, two. Well, that's how I'm just off today, man. This morning's rough. It's not actually that rough. I'm just awful at waking up. Uh, uh, yeah, special episode two. I don't even know what I'm going to talk about yet. It's all improv, dude. I'm telling you. When people come on here, they're like, what are we going to talk about? And I'm like, you tell me. Uh, it's June 4th, Thursday, 2020. And, yeah, it's, uh, it feels, it's, it's been a while since I've made the last episode. It's been, like, May 24th. It's June 4th. Not gonna count, but that's a lot of days. Uh, I don't know about you, but the math is an estimate of a, of a lot. So, yeah, it feels good to be back in the studio. I guess you could call it that. Just blankets and pillows. Lots of pillows, dude. It's like half the pillows in the world up here. It's like I feel like Mike Lindell from My Pillow. You know, <laughs> what a wild guy, dude. Mike Lindell. He was like, wasn't he like on heroin or something for a while? Y'all didn't. Y'all didn't know that the Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy. You know, by the My Pillow today. I think he was. I think he was a drug addict, and now he's like, he's worth hundreds of millions. And Trump has him running for Minnesota something. Sen- oh, geez. Senator, maybe representative. I don't know. I hear noises downstairs. I think somebody's trying to barge into my podcast. Yo, anybody there? And we're good, gang. We're vibing. No negativity. No negative waves up in this room. You can tell the coffee is not kicked into my system yet. I'm on my second cup. Starbucks cold brew, not sponsored. But if you're out there, Starbucks, and you're listening, I'm here. I'll be here. You know, I drink your stuff. I use your products probably more than anybody should. An unhealthy amount of your products. That might be why they're not sponsoring me, because maybe I'm a bad bad image. Who knows? Oh, I'm out of breath just talking, dude. That's That's how difficult this morning is. Hmm. I gotta think of something to talk about for you guys. I can't just come on here and say, "Wow, what a morning." Uh, yeah, Mike Lindell. I gotta get some some stuff going. Let's talk about world news. Well, yeah, let's talk about world news. That's a great idea, Jacob. You really thought this one out. Um, tell you what, people have been wanting me to talk about the protest. And I'm not. I'm just not. Because no, no opinion fits all, dude. It's like it's like anything anybody... I've seen thousands of people speak their mind on it. They're like, something that is the most logical, ethical opinion, and somebody's like, well, I don't like it, you know? It's literally... It's Everybody's like, talk about the protest, Jacob. And I probably am going to share the same idea with 90% of Americans, and I'm still going to get shot down somehow. Boom. Future. Gone. Out of the sky. So I'm just going to say the weather's good. Uh, Why does it got to go? Who's texting me? Who's? T- Are you kidding me? Wanted to use the upstairs. Will says, hurry up. I said, all right, I'm in the middle of, middle of the podcast right now. RN. But yeah, so what was I going to talk about? Um, NASA and SpaceX, that was awesome, dude. I'm a nerd, so 
You gotta enjoy those things, dude. It's don't happen too often. That's history being made right there. SpaceX, first corporation, first privately owned business to something like that, right? To go to space. You know what's crazy is Elon Musk said something so true. So true. He said, um, he said, if everything goes well, you know, it's SpaceX and NASA working together. But if anything goes wrong, it's my fault. And I'm like, yo, that's never been more right. Because NASA's not going to take responsibility for any of that. Come on, this is... But if it, everything works out, it's SpaceX and NASA, you know? It's like, okay. So NASA's just playing a, a win-win situation here. And either way, Elon does not get full... It's either if something goes bad, he's fully responsible. If something goes good, it was with the help of NASA. It's like, okay. You can tell people play their cards like that, man. The world's wild. The world is wild. What else happened in world news? We had prom. That was, that was something. Painful is what it was, some parts. I can't say it was all painful. I had a good time. Had some friends there, obviously. No, I'm lonely. I don't know anybody at my own school. Um, so that was good. And let's see, what else happened? There was a bus. I was on that bus. We've been talking about prom on this podcast for like four of my episodes. We were on a bus. It was hot. Two of the AC things weren't working. The other one was faced at the ceiling. Right? Convenient, huh? Uh, other than that, it was good, you know, quarrel prom. Some people were really spazzed out that we had prom, but Texas doesn't have that many coronavirus cases, you know? I think people are all been out of shape about that. It makes sense if you're in the Northeast. Y'all the one that screwed the pooch anyways. Y'all the ones with, like, what? I think, I think Manhattan has the same amount of cases as the entire state of Texas. Speaks volume right there, man. Maybe it's just early in the morning for me, but I'd say that speaks some volume. <sighs> Sorry if I have to, like, stop and not talk. I'm drinking coffee, my second cup this morning. I've got an addiction, dude. It's getting out of hand. At least it's not, like, insane, but it's still... Still taking a hold of my day, you know? If I don't have it, I get a banger headache. And, you know, people are like, Jacob, black coffee's disgusting. But anybody, I tell you anybody, if you drink black coffee for a week straight, three weeks straight maybe, and you, and you start getting that kind of, like, feeling for it, you just get, it just, it hooks you, man. And it still tastes awful. Like, that's the thing. I love it. And it I know, like, deep down, like, this is bitter and it's garbage, but I love it. It's like, I don't understand it. I, shoot, I don't even get it, man. I don't get it. All right. We are. I'm not, I'm not going to sponsor this video for you guys, for the viewers. It's just one minute of me talking. I'm, I don't want to reach maximum CPM, whatever that means. It's, 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 the, it's the roof of my sponsorship money I can get out of, out of the deal. So I don't want to hit that mark yet, so... I'll drag this sponsorship out as long as I can. So this episode just ain't going to hit one. Because for me and for y'all. Um. So yeah. Let's see. Let's talk about some some advice. Let's talk about, what was it, last special episode. I talked about the hot Cheeto guy, right? How he made hot Cheetos. He made it bit. Who is texting me? 
Uh, I'm going to make this podcast super short. Not only am I being dogged to get out of my own studio, which is technically not mine, but... Um, but I'm also... Like, I don't know. I don't have much to talk about today. And all of my guests did not want to... Well, they, it's not that they didn't want to make it. They can't make it. And I'm about to leave for Vegas tomorrow, so... Yeah, I can't really have... I, You know, I'm... I don't... I think I might be able to make one there, but I doubt it. Because this equipment is a lot. Yeah, I, this is not even feasible of carrying all this stuff up there. But it would be cool if I could. That would be interesting. All right. Um, but yeah, I just, I have to get something, and obviously I haven't been on here in over a week, you know? Like I said, it's a lot of days. Don't really know, because my brain is shut off, but, yeah, that's, uh, it's been on, it's been a fat minute since I've had the last episode, but yeah, I plan on having some people on next week. Y'all might not know them, y'all might know them, who cares, you, it'll be good, because it's people I had in my childhood, so my my youngin days so we got some we got a lot of stories a lot so maybe i'll enjoy some stories about me um advice time i don't know if this is really advice it's more just a story of success and business and hardships throughout the story of two brothers born in germany in the 19 when were they born i got see i'm gonna look this up while i'm telling you the story hopefully my phone doesn't finesse the audio because phones like to do that yeah, I don't think there's any since any snap crackle pops going on right now. All right, let's see. Two brothers, Rudolf Dossler and Adolf Dossler. Where were they born? All right, we're going to we're going to we're going to look up where they're born. Okay. They were born in forgive me if I cannot pronounce this Herzogenrock Germany. Yeah. They're Germany. They were born in Germany. Small town in Germany. Let's Village Uno. That's what it's going to be called. All right. In the 1890s. All right. Rudolf Rudy Dossler and Adolf Addy Dossler. I know. Unfortunate name to have in, in Germany in those days. Well, not yet at least. They were making. They they started off and they were making shoes. They were like, you know what? We're we're shoemakers, dude. This is going to be good. They got a good gig making shoes. And then the Nazis rose to power, I think. When did they start making shoes? When did they get into the shoemaking business? Um They were they were the big shoemakers in their city. That's that's what I do know. And they were if I'm right, I think they started in the same I know they started in the same company, but I think they started in the like post World War One is when they started making yeah, they definitely started after World War One. So, and they did it they with the help of their father. They were they were out there. They they were originally bakers. Their family was bakers. I think actually, never mind, I lied. And they did not want to be bakers, so they wanted to make um they wanted to make some stuff, some sports related equipment, right? They wanted to de- design something that could a shoe. That can improve athletic performance. I'm looking this up as we speak, gang. Like, I know the vague story, but I want to get the facts right. Because somebody, Xeric Jackson, does not like 
when I get my facts wrong. So here's for him and all the people that I don't want to let down out there. So, um, the Brothers Dostler Shoe Factory from 1918 to 1945. Facing the realities of post-war Germany. This is all Wikipedia, by the way. Um, they didn't have a lot of material for production. If y'all don't know, post-World War One Germany was a garbage fest, alright? You know, bread up for a trillion marks in the market. For a loaf of bread, think about that. It was reparations out the butt dude they were they were struggling all right they were struggling and making shoes was probably not priority for most but yeah they were making shoes and then bam the nazis came to power uh oh yeah they started making athletic shoes in the 20s and with the support of zeline smithy production producing the spikes they made track shoes they had nailed studs and track shoes with hand-forged spikes. That's pretty whack. Um, yeah, so they started making track shoes, and they got a they got a good reputation for themselves. They became a small regional factory, and they turned into an international shoe distributor. Or no, wait, not yet. My bad. I'm jumping the gun. Hold on. Uh, so yeah, they were. They were helping out with some people, and they were they were helping trainer Olympians because their shoes had a good, they had a good value. They were people noticed that they had good stats. All right, so when people would run with their shoes, they're like, "Hey, these are good shoes." One of the Olympians in the 1936 Berlin Olympics. Now, if you don't know, the Nazis took power in 1933. For some people, think, "Oh, it's just World War II." No, they were there for a while before World War II. Nah, sort of a while, about six years or so. And in 36, the Nazis held the Berlin Olympics. That was a big deal. Because, especially for the Dosslers, because that's when they got their shoes in the mix. And their their shoes helped a, a guy win gold. Who was it? Um, Oh, oh! They also had somebody in the twenty-eight Olympics that won that won gold in Germany for their shoes. Oh my gosh, dude! I am out of breath. Where were those? Oh, they also won something in the Los Angeles Games in thirty-two. So let's just say their shoes had a good they had a good name behind them. Um, yeah. They weren't a big fan of the Nazi parties, the Nazi party, um, and. Both of them were forced to become members of the Nazi party. And they did not really... I don't think they liked it. I might be wrong, but I think one of them... He didn't desert, but he just... I think he, like, left the front line or something. I guess that's deserting, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. But they weren't fans of it, right? So, let's see. Once war began, the Dossler's ability to profit from Nazi enthusiasm for sports ended. So, they were they were only made to produce... They weren't allowed to produce full quality, and I think they even had to make shoes for the Nazis. I don't really know that part. I thought that was Hugo Boss's gig, so I doubt they were even allowed to. Um... Rudolph was the oldest brother. He actually served four years in World War One. So, and he was drafted in January of forty-three. Imagine having to serve both both World Wars for Germany. That's gotta be a 
shortened the stick right there. Bad time to be alive. Because um, he was drafted. So back in those days, you didn't have a choice. So, you know. Um, so yeah, it was it was their factory was converted into a military production factory for military material. Yeah. So, let's see. Um, yeah, they didn't they didn't produce shoes to the same, you know. They had five Soviet prisoners of war to help them in their production line. Those were that was that's how bad staff was back then. They had to make prisoners from the from the Russian army who they were fighting. You know. Let's see. Yeah, so the brothers, after World War II, the brothers, they got in a little bit of a fight. They're not happy with each other. Um, yeah, so it was the Dossler Firm is what it was called. And they they were not big fans of each other towards the end of that. So they got in a little bit of an argument. They got a little heated. And I think they split ways. So, they this was after World War Two. They were not fans of the Nazis. I don't think they kind of they had a they had just trying to take care of themselves during it all. I believe. So yeah, um, I'm kind of skipping a lot right here. Okay. Yeah. So, they were not big fans of each other. They got mad at each other, and one of them they both founded separate companies. And these guys were up day and night in the beginning together, helping each other out, making shoes. These two brothers, they split ways, right? They made two separate companies. Now, both of their companies were very popular in their town. But one side of the town liked one of the brothers' companies, and the other side of the town liked the other brothers' company. So, this Hotzen something in Germany, you know, Heineken, who knows, was split in two because one of the brothers' gigs was cool. It was great. He was making great shoes. They liked his shoes better. The other brother was like, well, my shoes are better. Yeah. So they, they had a rivalry going on. And they both became pretty famous. You know, they both their both of their companies made it pretty big. And you might know their companies. And they're still rivalry companies till this day. Their town is not as split up as it used to be, but in the 80s and before, their town was split right in half, you know? Ever since they split, their town was split too. So, one side of the town wore one brother's material, and the other side of the town wore the other brother's material. So, Rudolph, Rudy, his company was named Puma. Addy, Adolf Dossler, his name was Adidas. Addy, Adidas, it's after his name, right? How selfish, right? Yeah, so Adidas and Puma, two major rivalry companies this day, especially in the shoe business because, you know, Adidas, they went elsewhere with their stuff, but they still have big shoes. Puma, strictly, they got a lot of stuff, but they're also very strict with shoes, you know, I don't know. Oh, but yeah, there's still rivalries. There's still rivalry going on, and nobody knows this. Well, they do now, but or they did. A lot of people knew this, actually. But the two people that made it were brothers. They were once the same company, and they were once Nazis. Yeah, in Germany, obviously. So, yeah, but I and it's, it's crazy to think that the town had a rivalry with itself. Like, I think it was the east and west side, or the northeast, southwest side, or something like that. They, they, they like... They were rivalry with each other because one of them would only wear 
Rudolph stuff, and the other one only wear Adolf stuff. So, yeah. But in the end, both brothers, they both were very successful, obviously, because who doesn't know Puma and Adidas? And, yeah. But if you didn't know that, now you know. Um, are you enlightened? Hopefully. I mean, shoot, maybe I'll talk about Mike Lindell's story. That's an interesting one. I mean, I kind of, I kind of spoiled it a little bit, but yeah, if he does, if he ever becomes like big time, big game, uh, politician, I'm going to have to tell a story, you know, because that's, it's an interesting story. Uh, but yeah, that's all for today, folks. You know, if you want to be on the podcast, hit me up and I'll think about it. Um, if you don't, I, honestly, I don't even know what to say for this one. Usually I say something threatening and cut it short, but I'm just going to be like, I will, I will politely decline your request or something like that. Adios.